How does a ragtag volunteer army in need of a shower somehow defeat a global superpower? How do we emerge victorious from the quagmire? Leave the battlefield waving Betsy Ross's flag higher? Yo, turns out we have a secret weapon, an immigrant. You know and love who's unafraid to step in. He's constantly confusing, confounding the British henchmen. Everyone give it up for America's favorite fighting British man! It's centered, put on that, another save by Fleury. But the rebound is in, another goal on the power play. Perron does it again, and it is four to nothing. St. Louis. I'm picking this horse, man of rain, wicked red coats, weather with blood stains. I'm never gonna stop until I make him drop up and I'm up and scatter the remains down. Watch me engaging them, escaping them, and raging them out. To the France for more fun. I'm back with more guns and ships, and so their balance shifts. We rendezvous with Rochambeau, consolidate their gifts. <laughs> oh no, it's okay, we're here. We'll cut all that. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. It is uh, Monday, well, I guess for me, technically, it's now Tuesday, May 3rd. Um, we are on the heels of the Blues for the first time since in 624 days. Uh, and just the third time in 1,059 days since hoisting the Stanley Cup on June 12th, 2019, the Blues won a postseason game tonight against the Minnesota Wild. And I would say a splendid fashion, resplendent, oh. mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. Um, Ten stars. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, this episode is going to be pretty quick, probably. We're just going to kind of do our live reactions after the game we try to as much as possible do game by game reactions in the playoffs had a lot of fun doing it in the run-up to the stanley cup hopefully we're doing it in the run-up to another stanley cup right now let's not get ahead that's of right who knows ian are, ian are you by chance wearing an orlando solar <laughs> i am <laughs> I could only see the uh, like the crown of the sun. You just need the sunglasses. Um, just the said, yeah, exactly. That was just <laughs> enough for me to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I mean the Blues have won. Uh, they went to Minnesota and won Game One, four to nothing. I think. See, when you sound so calm after this, <laughs> you sound so very calm, and just, that's that's not how my my evening was. I was very scared. <laughs> I don't. I felt good about this game. I don't know why you you guys were talking earlier today about your um, panic state, um, and uh, I don't know why I felt. Good. I feel like I don't think this is going to be the Blues' year to win a cup, but I do feel like we have the Minnesota Wilds number to a certain extent, which doesn't mean mm-hmm. this is going to be a four game sweep or even a gentleman's sweep, but look we went out there tonight and as we'll talk about i don't think we really played all that well and we we still (laughs) dominated this team nothing um yeah i would not feel great as a wild fan (laughs) that's right i mean blues fans are certainly snake bitten enough to know not to overreact to just game one of a playoff series but i mean you couldn't really have hoped for better i i made the point after the game and we can talk about it when we're through, you know, the notes, but like, it's almost to me better that it was sloppy. Cause then there's like no way to get overconfident based mm-hmm. on this, you know, I mean, I guess you could still, but I don't think Ruby will let him cause you know, six penalties, um, 
just a lot of bad sloppy play not very not especially good five on five you know you look at the coursey numbers and expected goals and those aren't particularly flattering and so it's almost it's almost better to still dominate still win still have that huge confidence boost get a guy like david Perron going in a big way but also have a lot that you can focus on to improve on for game one so that you're not resting on your laurels and not you know getting complacent in any way uh, you got mm-hmm. a very focused face. Are you learning something? Or were you just... uh, I was. I was just looking at our our course before in the third because I was going to say we. It was it was shaky. It was a little shaky in the first and and the second period, but third period definitely looked like their best period. Looked like after three. I mean, you're up three mm-hmm. nothing at that point, but it looked like they controlled a lot more of the game. Um, I mean. Huso didn't necessarily like stand on his head to save this game. Like they weren't completely porous defensively. Yeah, this wasn't a Jake Allen level, yeah. but it wasn't but far it, from that. Yeah, it was like a Jake Allen light level because there definitely <laughs> were some times where I was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And he made the save and I was like, I can't do more of these. Yeah. I can't do any more of these. <laughs> Only game yeah, there, one. Were, there were a couple of those before the game was a squared away. And definitely, I think at the end of the um, second when it was only two to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, um, or maybe it was the end of the first, I guess, where it was only two to one, where they had some really nail biter opportunities and Huso pulled us through it. And I guess let's talk a little bit about him because a lot of the attention is going to go on Perron in this one, and we'll get to him in a minute. But um, Huso makes 37 saves in his playoff debut, um, mm-hmm. kills six penalties. I mean, obviously not alone, but you know, was a, a primary contributor. Your pen, goalie has to be your best penalty killer, and I've heard that said before. <laughs> uh, so true. Uh, and in a uh, in a game where the Wild had sixty nine Corsi four, nice, nice. Uh, and a sixty three Corsi four percentage, um, who so certainly didn't look outmatched. Certainly rose to the occasion in every possible way, and you know. I, I, I talked a little bit about last week how he wasn't actually that strong into the final stretch of the season and um, looks like he decidedly put that all behind him and uh, he's got to be the starter, you know, going forward until he really drops off in some significant way. What did you think about him beyond what you've already said? Yeah, I think he just looked really sound, like obviously made some really big saves. Um, but I don't think he had any, there weren't really any moments where he was way out of position or out of the net. I think maybe there's a time where he like kind of overreacted to like a, a wraparound attempt, but like generally speaking, he looked really sound, especially when you compare him to surprisingly enough, Marc-Andre Fleury on the other side who looked um, honestly looked Marc-Andre Fleury-esque. I think some folks, <laughs> he's a very good goalie. He's a hall of fame goalie. He has some, he has some long stretches of looking really good, but like I was a little shocked at how, um, out of sorts he sort of looked in that mm-hmm. uh, little shaky little fight in it so I think to look in the wilds net and see that and then seeing the blues net who so who just looked I mean he just looked on top of it the whole the whole game um, he had a few what was it it was like Kairu accidentally passed it to Hartman for for a breakaway and mm-hmm. Hartman Hartman got stoned and there was a couple other attempts towards the end even in the third period where they were just trying to you know break the shutout and he stoned them and it was I mean he was locked in. Um, I'm, I'm very confident with him moving forward. I yeah. wonder if the, on the other side, if the wild end up flipping a Talbot, I guess we'll see. Um, Ian, some breaking news. Uh, 
for you, and this uh, relates to something we were talking about right before we came on air. Greg Wyshynski tweeting, can report the NHL Department of Player Safety is reviewing this incident involving Minnesota Wild Captain Jared Spurgeon. Um, my, yes, my favorite, I mean, good my, for them. But like, my favorite a, part is that, they, that to report this, he retweets the um, blatantly illegal gif, much as I love him, tweeted by Tony X uh, <laughs> that says, look at this trash. So, you know, good. I love hockey Twitter. Um, all rights to this broadcast are, you know, whatever <laughs> and cannot be reproduced without the express <laughs> written consent of the NHL. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end, I guess, but uh, kind of good, good on TPS to, to actually take action there. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought Huso looked like the better of the two goalies. And I think there was an argument to say coming into the series that goalie goaltending was kind of the, you know, un, undiscussed X factor because both teams had a pair of goalies that neither, none of the four looked especially world beating coming into the playoffs i mean one of the four is cam talbot so that's a given but the four... cam talbot's record looked really good coming into the playoffs yeah but it's one of those things where i'm like but the blues beat him so i don't I just don't care that's right <laughs> I mean, like, he's, that's cam, he's cam talbot but yeah i mean it's i think the wild probably have to go with talbot in game two because Flurry, I don't think he looked bad, but his rebound control was pretty bad. I mean, all three of the Perron goals, which we'll talk about, were pretty much the same goal. Um, you know, David Perron and Mark Andre Flurry are friends, and they yeah. used to play together on, uh, I guess, on actually on Pittsburgh too, but on on the Vegas Golden Knights as well. Yeah. Did uh, did they people may not know that? Did they, did they beat that drum hard on the Valley broadcast? Because <laughs> I was Darren, Darren Payne mentioned it at least five times. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I was gonna, I was gonna, I tweeted that because when I, after the hat trick, I thought, oh, he did it on Flurry, and I, they didn't mention that at all on the SPM broadcast, which I'm watching down here. And so even as I was tweeting it, I was like, I bet I sound dumb because I'm sure Payne mentioned this like 45 times. But, um, <laughs> Alan Walsh was both very happy and very sad. And very sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's actually launch him with the first Perron goal. Um, this was on a power play that the Blues got after uh, basically, I think it was Shen annoyed Greenway enough to draw a penalty, which is kind of a repeating narrative you'll see throughout the game. Uh, I should mention Ivan Barbashev got a penalty shot like two minutes into this game, but he got stoned by... Um, uh mark andre for this was a wild game mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no pun intended um but the blues had the power play and it seemed like they were maybe passing too much but they sure weren't because david perron scored the diving goal on the rebound one second left on the power play and it's an image we'll see two more times a rebound coming straight to david perron's stick and him banging it home from uh, right from uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's right, and uh, it was a successful formula for the Blues in this game. Uh, right after that, David Braun, who I think is the only player that played in this game, <laughs> um, he took a penalty where he face-washed Ryan Hartman pretty bad, bent him backwards over the bench. A lot of people were uh, complaining about this, like it was a weak call. Um, 
I don't really, I can't agree with him. I mean, this is one of those things I, I think I texted you. I was like, this is one of those things where everybody's like, well, you can't call a different rule book in, in the playoffs because, you know, you can't just change the game. There's got to be some consistency. You can't let players get away with murder. And then those same people are like, well, you can't call that. It's the playoffs. <laughs> it's like that conduct will be way out of line for just a regular season game. He literally bent his spine over the boards mm -hmm. to face wash bad enough that Hartman had to leave the ice for a while like I really have no qualms with the goal with the rest calling that especially on someone like Perron who who they have to know if they let him get away with an inch he'll take the mile right. you know so I don't know if the refs like necessarily missed anything I think they might have missed mm -hmm. a few things they, they always do but like I think everything they called actually felt right felt like yeah. okay yeah that's definitely a penalty Heck, the only one I can think of that actually seemed like it wasn't much of a penalty was the penalty that resulted in the Ivan Barbership penalty shot was actually like, I think all stick on stick and just like kind of tying them up the whole way. And I was like, eh, I'll, I mean, I'll take it. But everything else I thought was actually pretty good. I mean, for, for the Blues against the Blues, and Justin Falk pretty much like punched a dude in the face with his glove on in front of a ref and they called it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, people on Twitter are like, this is the playoffs, man. I'm like, yeah, dude, but the ref's right, right there and nothing else is happening. <laughs> I don't know. Is he gonna go? Well, you get one. You get one free one when nothing else is happening. <laughs> you get one. Yeah, I mean, at some it point, really the rest have to have a little integrity too, and I think that probably took over there. Um, didn't really ultimately matter that the Blues scored or drew that penalty, um, and they would score the next goal later in the period. O'Reilly from Falk and Perron. Perron got the. Um, definitely got the uh, hat trick and. Uh, I don't think he officially got a fighting major, but he tried pretty hard to get the Gordon <laughs> hat trick as well. Um, the Minnesotan, the native Minnesotan, Justin Falk passed to Perron right in the circle. He got the first shot saved. I'm sorry, but uh, O'Reilly, not Perron. Um, he got the first shot saved, but tipped the rebound around Flurry for the goal. Um, he showed some elite stick skills, which we all know that O'Reilly has great hand-eye coordination, but I don't know where the defense was that should have been <laughs> keeping him from being right on uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's grill for, you know, five seconds, but um, it was also a nice play from Perron to dig the puck free and keep it in the blue zone um, before passing it to Fox, so just another nice dirty area goal, you might say. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought this line clicked all night long. Mm -hmm. I was O'Reilly Saad Perron looked really, really good. Um, I thought veteran, like just the veterans overall showed up big time in this game. Um, and then I think it's kind of like a, a veteran power player, like the veteran power players are like Perron O'Reilly, Krug, Shen, those guys out there too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of kind of like the same goals, which I kind of enjoyed in the sense that it just seems like, the narrative right now is like the defense for Minnesota is not clearing the puck out from in front of the net um, very consistently. We got a few nice bounces, but it just seemed like there were a lot of bounces heading right to us with no sticks on them from the, the opposition. Yeah. Um, and if that keeps up, I think that really speaks to why this line can score pretty well. I mean, David Brown can score from anywhere. So kind of Riley and Saab, but I think they can definitely, they have that, um, what would I say, like Sidney Crosby energy, where it's like, we've got the skill, but we're going to muck it up like a fourth line, and we're going to get those like dirty and close goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's well said. 
Um, and I think that's kind of a nice thing about this game just in general is the fact that we did get basically exclusively those crappy muck it up goals. Um, I mean, Perons were all, you know, skillful and, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, he was in the right place at the right time, but it wasn't the kind of, um, you know, one, two, three incredible passing that we see would see like the Thomas and Tarasenko and Buchnevich line. I really like that because I think it means that that, you know, we still had that in the chamber if we need to turn to it. And this is mm -hmm. just kind of the the intermediate stage where we take advantage of the opportunities that get to us. And, and you know, we did in a big way. So um, credit to the blues for delivering on that um with all of that said that was pretty much the end of the first period uh but like i mentioned earlier there were some tense moments towards the end of that uh section of the game were you worried that it was going to be uh two to one i was really i was i was dreading that late that late give them hope goal you know i think i think that yeah end of the first period, period end of the second period i felt the same way in both because i think we gave them a power play at the end of the second period too and i was just like in both of them i was like please just get out of this period <laughs> like two nothing three nothing whatever it was in both of them like just please just, please, please i just don't give them any life um, yeah they did that they did they did very good <laughs> well they they, they, they did all right then they got better <laughs> I, I will say they're um Obviously, their PK was perfect, but I think it was actually the defense they played four on five looked light years better than the defense uh -huh. they played five on five, which, you know, not not great, but in terms of just keeping their power play off the board and keeping them from getting any momentum, I thought um, three different units, maybe four even different units we tossed out there looked really, really good, looked really solid. I think it's also the wild that just don't seem to be able to, like, get in tight um and I, I think that makes penalty killing really easy you just say okay well we'll just make a box and you're just going to pass around the outside um yeah. and blue seemed a lot more active i felt like too and just being able to break up passes and everything on the pk um mm -hmm. so credit to them because we were on the penalty kill like six times yeah yeah i mean i think the blues weren't terrible in this game there were just definitely some areas they can clean up which i think mm -hmm. is not the worst thing in the world because then you know they can go clean them up and that can be a positive to take in the next game i would hope um so yeah that was the end of the first period they um rallied and went into the dressing room got their break got whatever they needed came right back out to the second period um but they looked a little flat i think at the start of the second um do you agree with that did you feel like they were a little low energy for most of that period yeah, I, I mean, I just felt like the only line for me that was really clicking was that that top line that O'Reilly saw Peron line. Like everyone else looked fine, but I felt like Tarasenko, um, Tarasenko, Thomas Buchnevich looked like they were kind of playing regular season hockey a little bit, maybe in the sense that they weren't really like picking up speed through the neutral zone. It seemed like they were kind of gliding into the offensive zone and trying to find those like easy drop passes and stuff. And I was like, I just, those will come but i think mm -hmm. you're gonna have to work for them a lot harder um than you might in the regular season and then i thought like shen and barbashev and Kairu just kind of looked they looked fine i think shen was kind of noticeable more and obviously trying to agitate people but, like barbashev was like the new sunquist and just took like the brunt of everything mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just like was literally anytime someone was falling over and crumpled i was like oh no it's <laughs> um and i thought Kairu. i mean i I think initially I thought Kyra looked a little disengaged, but I think it's more 
just that I don't know he's not he's not Patrick Kane but he's a Patrick Kane type and that he's going to be standing up he's going to be kind of gliding and looking for the open ice so he's not going to be in the corner like skating to be the first man in right he's mm-hmm. kind of like your f3 he's always going to be the dude that's kind of behind and waiting for the pass waiting for the puck and so I That's think right. I noticed him a lot more as he was coming, as the game went on. I think he was trying a little bit more um, mm-hmm. in terms of being active, and I appreciated that. But yeah, going into the second period, it besides the like, mucking it up in the corner is what you have Corey Crawford for, so you don't need. Oh, that's right. That's right. Corey Crawford will take you <laughs> forward in the corner, and you get the penalty <laughs> for taking Corey Crawford's stick to the face. They've paid us to take. <laughs> um, but yeah, in general, I just thought like the, the second period we were, I thought we were much more lucky in the second period to come out a goal ahead. I think well, I was three out at that point, right? And so I was like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just a lot more lucky to come out of that period with one goal and no goals against. Um, yeah. Yeah. What you do? That's, that'll um, happen. That'll happen. <laughs> yeah. And we did get the goal from Peron. Um, basically a, a mirror of the first play dusted the, puck too long with Shin on the power or dusted the puck too long on his own for the power play but still got it across to Shin who hit the um hit the goalie and it bounced right to Perron and it was a goal and that was kind of a triangle play and boys went into the third with a three goal lead um and you know I never felt at any point after after that you know, as, as bad as we were for some of the second, I never felt at any point after that um, scare at the end of the first, like the wild were very much threatening to come back in this game, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but um, before we advanced to the third period, a moment of silence for Mike Yo, uh, who Kevin Weeks announced uh, un- unsurprisingly. I honestly didn't know this needed announcing, but uh, know, announced that the Philadelphia fl- Flyers would be parting ways with Mike Yo between periods at a game, as one person pointed out, uh, featuring the only other two teams to fire Mike Yo. <laughs> so um, some poetic symmetry in that, I suppose. Uh, you know, Mike Yo may be a very good uh, assistant coach pretty clearly not an NHL caliber head coach. Chuck Chuck Fletcher fires Mike Yo for the second time. Yeah, I don't think he'll get another NHL head coaching opportunity for at least like 18 months or so. Like I can't imagine. (laughs) At least next season he won't be a head coach. Yeah, he's right. Then he will Uh, rehab himself. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. He's he's still young. He's learning. Um, The Blues were coasting. They were... um, as you phrased it felt like they were trying to throw the game away with a weird, a weird mixture of being low energy, but also drawing a lot of penalties, which I thought was, or not drawing, but taking a lot of penalties, which I thought was a strange mix. Um, but the game kind of turned, I think when Ryan O'Reilly got, uh, he got his face into things, he got down to the nose or something. I don't know, but anyway, he drew a double minor, um, <laughs> with the eyes sticking. The rules analyst came on ESPN to say that, oh, no. uh, you don't have to draw blood. You actually just have to, um, get injured from a high stick, which he wasn't really injured in a severe way either, but, um, I thought that was interesting because I've literally never heard that. Good job explaining your rules, ESPN. And by the way, the Kings are 42 seconds from beating yes. Edmonton. Yes, 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 they are. Yes, they are. Uh, they are. Uh, they had the puck in their zone. Or no, it's in the Kings zone. <laughs> so give me some play-by-play. Uh, we've got, yeah, we might as well. The 
the uh, Oilers <laughs> passing it around. They take a shot and quick covers. So we've got a, a minute. And the game's small, over. <laughs> we've got a small break to talk about. David Perron sealing the hat trick uh, with the third assist from Tory Krug. No, don't sleep on that. And Brandon Saad getting in the mix as well. Um, same goal as the first two, pretty much. Uh, right on the spot with the rebound and the hat trick. Uh, on the national feed, at least. I don't know if this was true on Valley, if they're all the same camera angles. But we were... We were on that behind the net cam for at least two and maybe three of these goals, which I feel like I never see goals on the behind the net cam. So I think they had that um, going on Bally Sports Midwest. Yeah. So they got uh, that kind of cash. I felt good about it. That's right. Uh, we've got a face off in the end. <laughs> they win it. Uh, this is probably a legal reproduction of this broadcast, but we're doing it anyway. 12 seconds left. They're cycling six on five uh move in front they don't get anything seven seconds left a shot from the point it's deflected it's out of the zone and the kings win game one yes four to three in edmonton one of the four nails in the coffin (laughs) i don't even really wish you but it's just it's just comedy at this point um (laughs) the blues there was the traditional you know, scraping and mucking about uh, at the end of a of a lopsided playoff loss, especially early in a series. Um, there was the Spurgeon play, which um, I think uh, I think it should be a suspension. You got to give him one. Game. You're trying to break a guy's ankle there. You got to give him no one other. Game. There's nothing, no other way to read that. You are trying to injure a guy with that. That is just that you're hoping to break his ankle, basically. Um, and oh. you know, Butchnevich, Butchnevich just kind of stood up and shook his head like this guy's an asshole and he was fine, but like, what you have no other objective there. That's just a, a slimy, dirty play, and you can't. The one thing you can't allow in the playoffs, I mean, you allow any kind of highway robbery, but you cannot allow just blatant attempts to injure other people. Right. Um, so, uh, hopefully they will take a look at that. I mean, um, I thought the wild overall towards the, I mean, I get that's the general thing that happens when you're getting blown out at mm-hmm. home. It's the first game you're going to try You're playing this. We're playing again on Wednesday. You're going to try and send a message sort of thing, but like, I don't know. It just, I feel like it didn't, I just feel like it didn't work. Like, yeah. I feel like the blues in general, half the team has gone from winning the cup but the half the team that's there just did not seem to give a crap about like getting pushed around because i honestly feel i know we're not the same as the players but i feel like in my brain i'm like dude this is game one i just like i if i have to care right now that much about what you're gonna show live in my face forever i'm gonna be done in a couple Mm -hmm. games i have to like space out my caring i can't i just can't be bothered I do think we've never really seen a blues team. I mean, we, the last two years, notwithstanding, the bubble was a weird, weird anomaly. Um, half the team had COVID, and then last year we just got run over by the avalanche. But like, I, I, we haven't really seen a blues team that knows how to win in the playoffs before, and this one clearly does. I think they said like, I was surprised actually at the percentage of the team they said was still here from the you know, when they broke it down as a percentage for yeah. the cup run. Um, I, this team is a lot of things and they have a lot of flaws, but I, I don't think they're mentally fragile in the way that some Blues teams of the past have been. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a whole lot to really phase them. And I definitely don't think you're going to do it by just being more annoying than the Blues. You know, I think... Right. 
I think if anything, the Blues probably tried to do that a little too much this game and tried to be the kind of agitators and aggressors and Perron, <laughs> as I uh, clipped into the show notes here, with one of the strangest stat lines I've ever seen. <laughs> Three goals and assists, four points, plus two, four penalty minutes, six shots on goal, no hits, one block, and one takeaway in just 15 and a half minutes of my time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think... I think there's no way uh, that you're just going to, I just don't think you can psych out this Blues team. You're just going to have to beat them. You're going to have to be better than them. And right. I'm confident that the Avs could do that. I'm confident that the Flames can do that. I am no longer confident that the Wild can do that enough, you know, to win four more of these games. I'm not sure that the Wild had that. Um, I think if, I think if you see them come out next game and they pretty much try the same shtick as this game, mm-hmm. like I think, they're in trouble i think they're in trouble yeah they have it has to be like they have to essentially play like a road game next game like yeah. they just have to be like we're gonna be boring we're just gonna try and play our game it's the whole it's the whole thing they always say we're gonna play our game we're not gonna play their game blah blah, blah. gotta go through that whole bit like you're not even at home because <laughs> you just a bit yeah, <laughs> literally play the bit that you always talk about just play your game because it's not, i just don't think it's going to work and the thing is you risk as a as the wild like you risk um not getting a retaliatory penalty you get the penalty and then the blues where we're like second in the league in the power play just light you up so like you basically you that basically doesn't work as long mm-hmm. as they don't fight back you're liable to be getting the penalty and then you're just screwing your own team and yeah it felt like they had so many of those players trying to do on their team like we have shannon peron and those guys but i just didn't feel like it was as much of a clown show for the blues as it was for the wild, especially towards the end. That's like, man, I know you're trying to get in the blues heads, but you like, if anything, you're just kind of showing me that you're kind of fragile mentally when it comes to this sort of stuff. And we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, it's one game. You could, it, it could narrative could flip all of a sudden next game or whatever on Wednesday, yeah. but it is, it's still kind of a little telling that this was enough to, for them to look like they're already a little shook. Um, so it's, it's 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 good for the Blues, and I did think that other than like the O'Reilly Perron sideline, um, I thought we had some defense that played really well. Like I thought Letty played pretty good. Oh boy! Oh yeah! It's, it's raining like crazy outside. Oh, that was thunder! Um, Dang! Mm-hmm. Thought that oh, was another after earthquake. <laughs> That's right. Hold on for dear life. <laughs> um, Letty looked really good. I thought Falk looked really good. Obviously, Krug looked great offensively. Um, Mikula didn't lose his head, which I thought was like an overall positive he didn't lose it enough that he got penalized over and over again for it mm-hmm. so like that's good I like I like Mikel on the edge but not over it um yeah I just think overall team defense had to be better like I think a lot of the time we actually played defense okay mm-hmm. we just like turned it over like immediately <laughs> and I was like yeah okay we're gonna have to get skated out of zone or hold on to it a little bit better there's just a lot of chipping it up the boards and it was like and it's not our puck anymore <laughs> so i if they can clean that up i think it's going to become much more of like a 50 50 game and we're already we're already in the lead so I, I i look forward i look forward to seeing what adjustments if any go on as this this series progresses yeah yeah and i think you know i did a, a quick series preview um for the hockey writers you can find it on their web, on their YouTube page. You can see my face, which I don't like. Um, I mean, Ian, <laughs> Ian can see my face. I right see his now, face all the time. But he's in the circle. You all aren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, you can uh, 
you can listen to that if you want to, but the point I made, I was, I was asked, you know, the Blues win this series if, and I said that if they can draw a lot of penalties. And, you know, I think so far that's been born to be pretty true. I think we have a tremendous special teams advantage here. We were, we were two for six, they were 0 for six, but when you kind of take out the, really the three penalties that um, were basically after this game was decided uh, for the wild, um, you know, whether we saw at the end of the game, we weren't even trying to shoot um, two for Just three. The, the fourth line out there. Yeah. Two for three and a shutout on, on, on their six power plays is pretty significant. I didn't see a lot from Kirill Kafrizov. I mean, the stats say he, um, took five shots, which kind of surprises me, but he certainly didn't break the game open. I think they need a lot more from him. Not that, you know, not that he is the end all be all of this team, but I think he's, he's the guy that the blues will struggle to contain if he's playing his best hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm the wild right now, I'm real, real worried. (laughs) I mean, I know that you say, you know, you're going to say all the right things. You're going to do all the right things. You're going to have the right attitude, but um, that was not a team that played us especially well. Mm-hmm. You know, they certainly the wild know that the blues weren't playing their best hockey that game. Um, and they still just wiped the floor with them in Minnesota um, in game one. There should be no surprises. You played a lot this game. You played the winter classic, which, you know, you can't really say it's a playoff field because it's a little arcadey, but it is also like a big game feel and we can't show right. them, and, you know, ran the floor with them there as well so like i i hope and would not be surprised if the blues are kind of in the wild's head at this point and if they are then they can take advantage of this really quickly and could potentially put this series away pretty quickly i'm not saying that does happen um i'm just saying it's a possibility i just saw your wedding ring and i was like why are you wearing i'm real i'm really into jewelry now yeah (laughs) i was like who why didn't i know Um, it looks very adult um yeah i feel like i have dad hands now (laughs) um yeah i i just found it really funny that people were like the blues haven't played all season in the excel energy center and so that's a factor and i was like is it because it doesn't seem to be there's not like i mean there's home ice advantage obviously but i like there's a re- you can't possibly tell arenas apart when you're on the ice right i mean maybe like madison square garden or something that's like really special but anytime folks talk about like it's like i know i know the wild have a really good record at home so that like obviously that has some sort of factor for them for their for the team but like whenever they're like this crowd here is pretty wild i'm like no man i've been to some wild games and that's that is not true half of them are over the age of 55 like they're just it's a different it's a different breed up there people that are at games and it's just not nearly as like blue collar i feel like as blues Mm -hmm. games and i get blues games aren't crazy like philly or boston games or something but i do think they are like a step up over being in Minnesota where everyone literally when they play the goal song like starts to clap in unison like they're not like, a, <laughs> like an old folks song. I'm always like dude come on you, you guys can't even cheer normal it's like mm, one two three four <laughs> um yeah I don't know I just have such a I just have a such a hate for the Minnesota <laughs> well Ian I'm glad you mentioned that because 
in in the realm of a completely mundane and useless trivia to, as we move towards wrapping up here. Sportsnet Stats tweeted, David Perron is the first Blues player to score a postseason hat trick in Minnesota since Greg Pazlowski in game five of the 1986 Norris Division Semi versus Norris. That guy lived in my parents' house. Is that the one? That's the guy. Oh, you got to send that to your dad. Here, I'll send you the tweet. Oh, you got to. I, I say like he lived in our house. We now live in his old house. Oh, that's too good. Okay. Greg Pazlowski's uh, realtor, Larry Patey. No there joke. we go. There we go. My dad um, literally sent us, took, found like the offer. I don't know, the listing, the listing for their house the other day. Uh-huh. We're in the process of buying a house. Yeah. Um, and he was showing it to Congrats. me and it has Larry Petty's name on it. And it's crazy. There you go. Um, real quick look around the league, Carolina. Uh, I was, I was wrong about that series. It looks like they're <laughs> going to do just fine with the Boston Bruins. 5-1 victory. Ronta looked fantastic. Toronto, unfortunately, dominating Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't think that's the end. Did you see the like scrum? Did you see they were like, uh -uh. literally, it was like a little shoving match that pretty much died down. And I don't know if it was Simmons all of a sudden started throwing or somebody started throwing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, how broke loose. <laughs> I think Maroon fed fists to uh, Riley. He got the jersey over his head and started Good. feeding him. I was like, oh, boy. Good. Um, and as we mentioned, the Kings beginning the process of upsetting the Oilers. <laughs> because the process begins. <laughs> uh, you have to leave, Connor. Go elsewhere. <laughs> Go. See, that's the thing. You, you can't lose to the Kings, but they lost to the Jets. It's and the they same will, They thing. will lose to the, the Kings. And then the, uh, Kings, and then the Kings will be like, oh, see, we're here. We're the real deal. And then they'll just get Flattened by the Calgary Flames, just that's Even if they get, yeah, even if they get past the Kings, Manchin's goes like seven games, and Aww. then you're like facing like a five-game fresh Calgary Flames. Because I'll give one for the Stars. The Stars get one. Jason Robinson yeah. has a game, and that's about it. It's kind of funny. We got a lot of kind of blowouts today, and you would have figured tomorrow with Florida, Colorado, and Calgary all playing would be the blowout game. Those will probably right. all be nail biters. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that'll that probably covers it for us tonight. We promised a quick episode, and we delivered, I would say, a fairly in-depth one. We um, got better. It's, that's right. It's after midnight for Ian now. It's after one a.m. for me. Uh, the Blues will play again on. Uh, Wednesday game two also at 8 30 central 9 30 yeah. eastern nine, nine nine central they, they're yeah, taking their true. time yeah that's right hopefully the game before us wraps up quickly I assume uh barring any you know unfortunate circumstances we'll be back after that one we managed to make it work for this one we're gonna so. try baby Ian any final words before we sign off here uh this is our this is our um audition for game over St. Louis Please like us, Steve Dangle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I will just say merci. I'm, I'm, I'm always uncomfortable saying the second word, word beaucoup. Anyway, thanks a lot, David Perron, for carrying this team on your back. And we'll talk to everybody real soon. Magnifique. Sky until we meet.